From the nation's capital to the Sunshine State. It's compelling. The high plains of Kansas and the northeast corner of the land of enchantment. It's Friday. The land of EWTN all across the Lone Star State. It's GRN Alive. Bringing you faith, fun, and facts. Live from the studios of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Join us on the show. Call 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. And good morning. We are live. It is Friday morning. Don't you love when this show comes on on Friday mornings and you just say, wow, we got through the work week. It's Friday. (laughs) Good to have you with us. This is GRN Alive. It's uh, twice a week we come to you. And uh, Monday, it's Joe and the team in Houston. And Friday, it's me, Dave Palmer, along with Dr. Chris Malloy. Cecil Anderson, Diane Xavier here with us. Good morning to everybody. How y'all Good doing? Good morning. Yeah, it's uh, kind of a different morning, but uh, it is, of course, July 24th, 2020, Friday, 16th week in ordinary time, and <laughs> we are not on social media today for reasons that I can explain. We had a big event here uh, last night, uh, a local summer speaker series event. You know, we opened it up for everybody and a few people from outside the North Texas area participated. Uh, but we'll talk a little bit about that and, uh, other things as well. Uh, midway through the show, we've got, uh, a big fish as, uh, Dr. Dr. Malloy <laughs> did and describes him. Uh, Raymond Arroyo is going to join us. I'm excited about that. Very excited. Yeah. Very excited. He's a courageous man. A, he kind of goes there where others uh, fare to tread when it comes to you know interviews and and uh, he's still going there. He's been going there for a while. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, on two different networks. He's on EWTN and then Fox as well. So Raymond's going to join us, and we're going to talk about all kinds of things, all the the top stories in the news. And uh, we always invite you to join us on the program if you want to. The phone number is 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. Uh, kind of changing roles here a little bit. Diane's yes. running the board. Cecil, you're like I'm on the other side of the glass. And, I know. Yeah, you're inside the the inner sanctum of the studio here because you're, you're heading off on a big road trip today. I am. I am. Uh, after the Summer Speaker Series, I thought it was a good time to take a break, <laughs> um, get some rest. So uh, my f- uh, siblings and I and a couple of our friends are gonna go to Arizona. Yeah, so road tripping. I love road trips. I just love sitting in cars and even drive if I'm driving and just listening to music or to an audiobook or something. It's one of my favorite things to do. Yeah, I think of like Route 66, but that's uh, that's you won't be going on that because that's uh, up further north, right? But yeah, doesn't that go uh, no, up there? No, it does. It goes. Yeah, it does kind of go up there. I think it's all goes on the north. Um, side of uh yeah. you know of new mexico and stuff like that so i don't think we'll hit it but yeah you're a road trip kind of guy Dr. oh Long? yeah yeah <laughs> yeah didn't we, it just it just fun the you best know? trip ever put the kids in the car we're talking like six of them yeah uh 12 hours to denver one stop <laughs> my dad's the same way we'll drive to minnesota like you know 15 hours with two stops. That's yeah, awesome. Well, it's like bathroom, I, see, fr- I, I, you know, everything yes. I like the stops. I like stopping and going <laughs> like into little... Seeing yeah, places. Yeah, just, yeah, I mean, go, you know, obviously, sometimes you just have to stop, <laughs> yeah. or, you know, when nature calls. But, uh, you know, just, yeah, the stops and all that. But uh, it, the best road trip I ever took was uh, when I was, uh, right before my senior, my freshman year of college, my mom and dad and my sister and I flew to Seattle we rented a car and we went all the way down the Pacific Coast oh, Highway that's, that's from awesome. Seattle to San Diego. And so the whole drive, you got the ocean to yes. your right, oh, you know, and that, that was great. I'm going to do that again. Sometime. I took the train, which is right next to that, that road. You oh, can really? see dolphins jumping. 
Yeah. So cool. Yeah. That's so, so cool. Definitely. Yeah. There's all sorts of fun that, things that happen on vacations, I think. Yeah. So. Even yeah. when things don't go quite right, you know, it's an opportunity to bond. <laughs> Arizona <laughs> yeah, is nice. Stories. Arizona yeah. is beautiful. Well, it's mm-hmm. a well-deserved uh, break for Cecil. I hope you guys have a safe and uh, wonderful time. Thank you. Uh, Diane is in the, uh, the control room behind the glass. And uh, Diane, uh, you, you, you did an outstanding job, as did Cecil, on this event uh, that we had. I want to talk about that in a moment. Uh, but good morning to you, Diane. Thanks for uh, for coming in and doing a different role. We see we all cross train here, so everybody can do the <laughs> do the different roles. I do want to encourage you as we get, as we start off to uh, visit our website grnonline.com. It's newly done uh, over the last uh, few months, and if you haven't been there, you're gonna. It's a whole new look, and it's got a lot of features. You can spend a lot of time there. Uh, let it, if you, if you so choose, know your location so that when you go on there, you'll, it'll immediately say, okay, this person's in D.C. or this person's in Alabama or this, you know, what have you. Uh, and also, we are looking for rosary missionaries to join us in praying the daily rosary. And uh, if you can just commit to the, prayer, to the daily rosary, and we have particular prayer intentions uh, America and our world in this time of crisis, that peace may replace anger, violence, and resentment, the conversion of hearts, a cure for the COVID-19 virus, and our leaders in the church, our country, and our world to be led by the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. So uh, please join us in that. And also there are the local events. Everything's changed this year, of course. It's not always <laughs> in-person events as we you know have found out the last couple of months, but there, there are going to be some local events, and so you can check those out. So... All right, let's talk a little bit about the event. And if, if you were able to participate in it, uh, give us a call and let us know what you think. It's, it's hard to put something on like this. Nobody knows that better <laughs> than Cecil and Diane. Uh, Dr. Malloy, you were able to participate and, uh, what were your I thoughts? Was. Yeah. Well, I mean, what I really liked was among seniors pointing out that courage is a concrete virtue. They're, they mm-hmm. all are concrete, yeah. but it's, yeah. this is not abstract courage. This is not sitting in your living room courage. Yeah. This is you're working. And you suddenly have to go to some kind of uh, rainbow affirmation event. You have to be courageous. Yeah, you have to stick to your principles. And then there's a. It's costly. Mm-hmm. It's concrete and costly. I, I, Monsignor Pope is always good. He gave a, a, a few ex- real life examples, uh, including himself talking from the pulpit. And you know, sometimes people will not like walk what he out, says yeah. and they'll walk out on him. And uh, but yeah, we're going to go a few, through a few of those. And you know, I, I mentioned, hey, call us up. I don't think I gave the phone number. <laughs> that probably would help. Eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. Eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. Did you hear Monsignor Pope speak? We're going to go over some of the highlights. I, I listened to it again this morning, and I, I wrote some notes down. Uh, but you're right. He said. He said, uh, courage is not uh, just abstract. It's real life. And it isn't just dying. It isn't always red martyrdom. It's it's losing your job or losing popularity or getting people to say, I don't like you. And, you know, I mean, that is more common these days than I think ever. The whole cancel culture, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. They have a whole uh, palette of weapons, if you will. That's kind of a weird metaphor, mm-hmm. but uh, they they have a they have a, an array of weapons that they can use. Yeah, salary, yeah. Um, reputation, you name it. Dark things in the night, you know, happening yeah. to your home. Uh, so, yeah, he the the examples. Uh, he started off to, interestingly talking about the COVID crisis, and he has written a lot about this. In fact, he just wrote a, another article about the uh, the fear that has uh, enveloped. The, uh, the, 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 the world over this. And he said he's not discounting the fact that, that people are dying and, um, 
and he said, I think 140,000 uh, know, people dying, but he said there is just so much fear. And he said, we got to put this in perspective. And I think that's the, uh, the, the hard thing for people to do is just say, well, what's the right way? What's the courageous way to respond to this? Yeah. And I don't know. It's, you know, virtue is in, in, the, in, in, the, the, mid- in the middle, right? Yeah. There's people on both extremes. Yeah, foolhardy on yeah. the one hand and timidity on the other. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, what I really liked was his definition, which is back to Aquinas, that yeah. um, courage is being firm in difficulty and constant, constant of purpose. Yeah, yeah. Right? He said it's always uh, related to the, the, the greater good. You know, you're yeah. not courageous just for no reason. Not there's for your some, set, there's your some own greater, greater good. So yeah. uh, he also said of the first 33 popes, 30 died as martyrs. He said only one of the first 33 popes died in his bed. I had no uh, idea. Yeah. And so to become a pope in the first centuries of the church, just it's, it's a death sentence. Right? Do you remember what Cardinal George said about his, his own yeah, uh, situation? His I'll die in a hospital. Yeah. My successor will die in jail. And his successor will die in blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, well, of course, is Supic his successor, right? Does yes, Supic come right is. after? So, you know, I mean, you never know. I mean, uh, you know, it hasn't... Well, it's just prophetic, like as a generic statement. Yeah, right, so. right. Yeah, I don't even know if he meant it literally, but uh, yeah, that's true. He talked about uh, a nurse in the early 1990s who was the head nurse of a hospital. Uh, Monsignor Pope told this story that he, he knew. These were all personal people that he had advised and counseled. Uh, and the, the the hospital decides it's going to start providing abortions. So the nurse says, "I'm not going to I'm not going to cooperate. Not going to do it. Not going to have anything to do with this." So they fired her, and she said, "Okay, <laughs> so be it." You know, mm-hmm. how many of us are going to be willing to do that? Uh, another pharmacist, he said, came to him, Monsignor Pope, and said, uh, "My my pharmacy is saying we got to provide the Plan B abortifacients, and if you don't do it, you're going to lose your job." And my senior pope said, and the guy said, I, I got a family, I got kids, I got a you know mortgage, I got I got bills. What do I do? And my senior pope says, you can't commit cooperate with evil. You gotta, you can't God, do it. God will provide. Yeah, yeah exactly. God will provide. Exactly. Test him. Yeah, and he did provide. Yeah, although, although Monsignor didn't give the details, I think did he? Yeah, I, he he didn't. He said the no. the nurse did find another job. I'm, I'm okay. sure this pharmacist yeah. is still you know doing well. But I'd love to hear you know again stories of courage. Mentioned about Raymond Arroyo, I, I I see where he goes, and sometimes like wow, you could take the easy road. You know, you don't yeah. you don't have to do that interview or yeah. talk about that topic. But he goes there. Yeah, and it's 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 really interesting. Uh, he, he mentions a guy at a company, as you mentioned, Dr. Malloy, uh, LGBTQ, I think Monsignor added a few, the IA, IA. <laughs> is, is IA part of it now too? Well, I, yeah, I don't want to, we don't want to get into yeah, the names um, have children. We'll right, right. And he said, everybody, and I know this is an issue in corporate America, you know, they have, uh, and I'm sure nowadays they're, they might be having BLM, you know, day and you're supposed to put the little black box and some people say, I can't can't support that you know mm-hmm. I, I love you know black lives matter but i can't i can't support that and so these these courageous you know situations that that kind of fall in our lap and what do we do you know and that's why i thought it was a great talk i want to highlight a few other things but uh if you were able to participate in it i know it was mostly a north texas event but we did open up for everybody we had a few people from san antonio a couple of people from dc that were uh participating uh give us a call 877-757- 9424 877-757-9424 I, I love one of the the quotes he said 
was um, something about we now now saying that the basic principles of Christian truth is really controversial. And he said it wasn't controversial 20 minutes ago, of course. But everything's changed, hasn't it? Yeah. Which is great because, you know, I mean, to talk about the soft martyrdom, it happens all the time, but it's hard to act sometimes. You're wondering, and it's easy to kind of take the easy road. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And it might be more prudent to do that, but it comes a point when it's impossible to take the easy road and that's when christian virtue will shine yeah Yeah. that's what i was thinking is that there's gonna be so much stronger catholics in a time like this because you have to you either are going to fall off you know bandwagon or you're going to stay with it really harder you know you're Mm going to beat this is my faith i will stand and defend it yeah but the great saints you know some of them even desired martyrdom you know mm-hmm. I, I guess in my, yeah. my, some of my more maybe crazy <laughs> heroic moments i think wow it'd be great to, I, mean, I don't know if we're supposed to believe think that but yeah don't I mean, tax they, gouge me just cut my head off <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i had a priest friend who said he wanted to die a martyr but he wanted to be when he was uh, 102 years old in his deathbed and somebody comes exactly away. <laughs> there you go <laughs> and then he becomes a martyr like polycarp yeah uh, last minute That's yes great. uh he, he told a he told a really interesting story last night i thought it was so funny about his he said it was 1969 he's a kid he's in his house and he's a young young guy you know and he's with his siblings and he's watching TV. Do you remember the story? Yes. Yeah, it was so uh, funny. And he said his dad comes in and says, turn that show off. You know? It and doesn't he, have the mind of God. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have the mind of God. And so... And you're thinking, you know, what could this thinking, show what, be? You know, what were they watching? Mash. And, and it, was, no. it was the Flintstones. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I love what he said. Uh, and this is what his dad said, according to Monsignor Pope. He said, uh, I, I don't want my kids watching a steady diet of adults looking foolish and stupid. Yeah. Mm. You know, and we don't think about that because the bar is so low that, uh, you know, even some of the shows, you think, ah, there's nothing wrong with that show. Right. But, you know, and this is, this is the household that formed Monsignor Pope. Yes. So there's something to say about that. Something about watching TV, constantly informing your imagination. It gives you an idea of what the world is. Mm-hmm. So yeah. adults are just stupid. Yeah. And foolish. I remember uh, being in the car as uh, a high school or, you know, middle school kid with my friends. And it was always kind of weird because, you know, we'd have the radio station on. And and since you're in the front with your parent, you know, you're kind of in charge of the radio station and what what you're listening to. I'm driving with a few of my friends and you want to be cool and you want to have this, you know. So and and the the song uh, Life in the Fast Lane by by the Eagles Mm -hmm. came on. Right. Yeah. And there's there's one line in that. That takes the Lord's name in vain. Okay, I did not. Know oh, that. I did not remember uh, that. That song. Yeah, and, and 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 so I'm I'm listening to it, and that song comes on, and my dad leans over, turns it on. Good mm-hmm. for him. Turns off the and and, and I was so embarrassed, you know, because all oh, yeah. But as I look back now, I'm like, thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, they say we've been driving down this highway, haven't seen a blank blank thing. Yeah. If you remember that line. Oh yes. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, okay. And, and it's like it's over, yeah. done. You mm-hmm. know. But those are the things that you you may hate it at the time. Yeah. But you remember it later on in life. You look back and you say, thank you, Dad, for doing that. Blasphemies are the worst. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. We tend to think violence or other scenes are bad, but blasphemies are the worst. Okay. Right. We had a few calls, but they're just talking to Diane. Okay. All right. People uh, people calling up. and uh, if you want Diane's to more fun to talk to anyway. <laughs> uh, 877-757-9424. Diane doesn't normally get to join us on the air because she's always running the social media. Uh, Diane, any, any of your thoughts on the event last night or anything? I know you didn't get to hear much of Monsignor because you were so busy making sure the... 
the, the feed came went across okay. What were your thoughts? Well, I thought it went very well. We had a lot of help from a lot of different people. And it's just cool to see how all the elements came together and worked out. And, you know, Zoom is the new thing. Everybody's on Zoom <laughs> so and true. social media and broadcasting from there. Yeah, so. yeah, that is the new thing. It's the way we're all we're all getting uh, used to it. I, I, a couple of other things I want to point out. Then I want to get to a couple of the news stories. Uh, so one, one of them really relating to courage and some of the pressure that uh, Christians are are facing, is, is, especially in China right now. Uh, my senior Pope mentioned Mother Angelica several times. I know, I love that. And he related her to the virtue of magnanimity. Yes. And it's one that we don't, it's hard to pronounce, we don't talk about it too much, magnanimity. And he said she had a dream of bringing the Catholic faith to the people. And you talk about a bold woman. I mean, she was not afraid of who she was going to offend. It was just, she was just, I, I'm going to preach the gospel and it doesn't really matter who doesn't a, like it. With a great sense of humor, oh, too. Oh, always. She, I love her. You know, I remember being like 18, 19, 20, coming home from college, and there's a lot of nonsense on, on TV. And then there'd be Mother Angelica. And I tell you, that is awesome. That yeah. woman was fantastic. I remember at the time thinking, you know what? I guess I wasn't, I would have been in high school during those years. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, high school and college. And hearing her and being like, you know what? It's time to shape up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And uh, as I mentioned, as we were saying goodbye to Von Senior Pope last night, I said, uh, courage begets courage. Yes. You know, and I, and I think, uh, pusillanimity, would that be the right word? Yeah, that kind of, pusillanimity, which be the opposite. It's kind of wimpiness, yeah. right? Uh, just not staying up for yourself. That gives people an, an excuse to do the same thing. Yeah. And so we're all, it's like contagious. It's, you know, the, it's, it's almost like a, like a virus of courageousness or a, a, a virus of pusillanimity. Well, and, and we look at somebody like Mother Angelica. We look at somebody who's bold and brave and we say, you know what? I think I can do that as well. He said, we need to fulfill the role of the event. Evangelist in season and out of season. That you was mm. that was awesome. All right, let me get uh, any other uh, last comments. Uh, I, I know since you're a, you're just trying to make sure the feed's going out, right? Uh, yes, it was. Yeah, it was fun because I was like listening to I was listening to the live stream to what everyone else at home was hearing, and there's a five second delay, and so Dave would laugh at something, and I'd be like, "What is he laughing at? He didn't say anything funny." And then I'd be like, "Oh, the Flintstones!" <laughs> I caught mm-hmm. it. Um, but yeah, it was it was a really enjoyable event, even though you know I was working on a lot of things. I'm I'm just really happy anytime you do anything like this all i'm just happy the technology worked there are so many things that can go wrong and we were able to handle anything that came up um but it was a pretty successful event, I think. Yeah. Also, thanks to uh, Bishop Edward Burns. He was the recipient of what we call the Transmitters of the Faith Award. He's the Bishop of the Diocese of Dallas. So he joined us live as well. And so he gave us a lot of time I mean, because he, he checked in and then uh, he was with us for like an hour and a half. And that's uh, a lot of time to ask for a bishop. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. absolutely. That's awesome. I, I liked the patience is a major part of fortitude. Patience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is Aquinas. You think of fortitude as going into battle and whatnot. A major part of it is patience, enduring the difficulties, the pain, the suffering without lashing out un- unrighteously or just capitulating and caving yeah. in. I, I emceed a homeschool graduation last Friday, uh, and everyone, it was like, it was a small group, like seven of them or so, and they each had to give their favorite quote, you know, just in the, the little program, right? And I, I won't forget, one of the girls said her quote was from her dad, and the quote was, suffer well. Mm. Sweet. Suffer well. I think that's, uh, and we're given a lot of opportunities to suffer in 2020. And so, uh, we should suffer well. I like All that right. One. So here's the news story related to courage and uh, suffering. Uh, government authorities in China 
Uh, apparently, according to Catholic News Agency, that's where I got the story, are ordering people who receive government assistance to replace religious symbols in their homes, including pictures of Jesus, with pictures of Chairman Mao and President Xi Jinping. Refusal to comply results in the assistance, government assistance being taken away. Uh, the Religious Freedom magazine Bitter Winter reported last week that officials in the city of Linfen in the, the Shanxi province were told in April to inspect and remove religious symbols from the homes of those receiving social welfare payments and replace them with communist leader images. Those who complained would have their payments annulled. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's scary. And healthcare benefits. Yeah. So what, yeah. one of them was talking about diabetes and needing insulin shots, and mm-hmm. she was going to be. And these are like older people, right? Too. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's serious stuff. You Choking got, you, the Christian faith. And you got to oppose that. I mean, if you're out there, and I mean, that's it's so tough. hard, especially like Dr. Molly said. These are older people. Like you're having to oppose that. You know, no, don't take. Can't. That's just such a difficult situation. Reminds me of the catacombs and like the need to kind of do things in secret mm. and have secret codes. The fish. You know, yeah, because we we did the fish that was a secret code, and uh, back then, ichthus, you know, so mm-hmm. I think we need to get right. Well, they, at least they they have been doing it with the underground church, mm-hmm. and uh, but th- but that they were saying that even the um, recognized churches are forcing are being forced to do that. Protestant, Catholic. Oh There's also a link on there to the detention camps, mm. re-education camps. Yeah. A uh, lot of Muslims in those camps, a lot of Protestants, a lot of Catholics. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a story that you found about the COVID response, yeah. the Vatican. What was that all about? I, I actually didn't get a chance to to read that, uh, but that caught your attention. What was that? Yeah, so Phil Lawler uh, came out with an article uh, on this uh, because the Pontifical Academy for Life yeah. uh, just re- recently released a document on the pandemic. And Lawler was very critical of it. So I decided I'm going to go and read it. I, I like what Lawler does. Uh, I'm going to go and read it. And I agree with him. I, I think he almost didn't say enough. Mm-hmm. Listen to this. I got some quotes. Well, first of all, it doesn't mention God. doesn't oh, mention Jesus Christ. Not the Holy Spirit. Not the sacraments. Not the Catholic faith. Yeah. Not sin. But what does it say? We are summoned to deeper mindfulness. We are summoned to courage of resistance. Um, is there a thoughtful stepping back into a thinking that might mutate into a thanking for life given? Thanking whom? Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's doesn't so say. Vague. It's weird. It's oh, weird dear. document and um, a conversion of thought and action uh, to undergo in our common responsibility for the human family. Well, that's again vague. We listen to this. We emerge from a night of mysterious origins. Too late do we discern, sorry, too late do we learn consent to the darkness from which we came and to which we finally return. Yeah. Well, listen, we know the mystics talk about the dark brilliance of God, but mention God. Yeah. I don't know what yeah. darkness you're talking about here. Um, you know, so it's all pass, passive voice, and uh, God is not mentioned. And then the, the epidemic is blamed on the depredation of the earth and the despoiling of its intrinsic value, quote-unquote. They talk about a fracture that has separated us from our natural world. Uh, just very, and, and our wounded freedom, not sin, our wounded freedom. And what is the lesson? To learn a lesson is to become mindful once more of the goodness of life that offers itself to us, 
not capital L, mm-hmm. hmm. life. What is life? Releasing an energy that runs even deeper than the unavoidable experience of loss. Ah, this sounds like new age to it me. It does yeah. sound very yeah. new age. So when someone says they're spiritual, not religious. Mm-hmm. There was one good point that they noted that there are uh, you know, profiteers out there looking for a virus cure, not so that people can be cured, but so that they can uh, fill their pocketbooks. And exactly. we, kn- we know that. Oh, of mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, uh, So that that's a an official Vatican document? Is that yeah. what that is? Yeah. Uh, no, Philip, Philip, well, it doesn't have doctrinal authority. Okay, yeah, right. right. So right. you got to recognize that. But, yeah. And then time to, this is the last line, one of the last lines, uh, time to imagine and implement a project of human coexistence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's one of the things. We mentioned it last uh, week about Marxism, is that uh, there, there's certainly a movement where all of our eggs are in the temporal basket, where we got to take yes. care of ourselves, take care of our health, get all the justice and everything that we can get right now during these 60 or 70 or 80 years that we live, and there's no really vision of the supernatural, mm-hmm. and yeah. I think that's the battle that we're facing right now. Yeah, the beyond for them is just the future. Yeah. Of our yeah. grandchildren. I want to bring up one more story, and then we're going to take a break. We're going to be joined by Raymond Arroyo here in a few minutes. 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424 is the phone number. Uh, um, let's see. The uh, This is GRN Live. It's Friday edition. Uh, Dave Palmer, Dr. Chris Malloy from University of Dallas. This will, yeah, Anderson for a few more minutes, and then she's getting in the car and heading out west. <laughs> and uh, Diane Xavier here as well. Big story uh, this week, the uh, Hagia Sophia, which I guess is Greek for holy wisdom, right? Yep. Officially, uh, the Hagia Sophia Grand Mosque, uh, it was built as a Christian cathedral nearly 1,500 years ago, and it was just announced this year that uh, the country of Turkey is turning it into a mosque. Mm. Uh, now, it's kind of gone back and forth, and it was a museum, a secular museum for many years, but it, it was first built as a Christian uh, church and cathedral 1,500 years ago. And so even, Pope Francis said, quote, my thoughts go to Istanbul. I think the Santa Sophia, I think of Santa Sophia and I'm very pained. So th- this is not good, is it? This is an epic church. Yeah. This is a church that the Slavs, when they were evangelized, some of them sent representatives down and they were like, all right, let's see how you worship your God. And they yeah. got to their knees and they became mm-hmm. Catholic. Uh, this is... This is a great church. Now, uh, in the 15th century, then it went into, it was a functioning mosque until the uh, early 20th century, might have been the late 19th, I think it was early 20th century, and uh, Turkey became a secular state. One thing I'll say, though, is a museum, we, I don't know that we can just celebrate the secular state and mm-hmm. its museum status. Right. Some bishops are saying that that's the ideal, that it should just be a museum. As really? Though, yeah, as though the goal shouldn't be it becoming a Catholic church again. Yeah. Wow, that's well, interesting. Well, in 1204 to 1261, it was converted to a Roman Catholic cathedral. So it was... Because uh, of the Crusades and all yeah, that. Yeah, right. I mean, that was the age of Christendom. I was going to pass over that. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, okay, so that had to do with the Crusades. Gotcha. Okay. Well, so. yeah, so there was the schism, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. uh, so I can say Catholic in a hopeful sense, right? right, There's, right. Or, it was Orthodox for a while there. 
Yeah, the age of uh, Christendom kind of kind of reached its peak in the 13th century. I, you know, you and I are, are Thomists, and I look at 1204 to 1261. That was the age of you know Aquinas and Bonaventure and uh, uh, Francis, Francis. Uh, Francis and uh, Albert, and yeah. uh, I, I don't know. Was there a, a better century of the church than the 13th century? I know every, we idealize, but in some ways, that uh, was uh, that was a good century for the church. 13th theologically, uh, yeah, an amazing mm-hmm. century. Yeah, the age of the scholasticism, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, uh, down to a few minutes. Cicely, this is the last few minutes you're with us. Any last comments or words of wisdom for our audience? <laughs> oh, man, that's a lot of pressure, Dave. Uh, no, I don't think I have anything. I think I've covered it. Uh, okay, so we are going to go ahead and take a break, and real excited about this. Uh, Raymond Arroyo is going to join us. Uh, I'll mention this when he comes on. The people that he has interviewed, you know, I, I sometimes think of like, who would be your ideal interview? Raymond has interviewed uh, Mother Teresa of Calcutta, uh, the President Trump three times, George W. Bush, uh, Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. Uh, Mel Gibson, uh, Jerry Lewis, I mean, really wow. a, a neat list. And so he's going to join us, and we're going to talk about all kinds of things, the upcoming election, the Catholic vote, uh, the coronavirus, uh, Planned Parenthood, finally distancing themselves from I, Margaret Sanger. I think that's Sanger. so crazy. That's so funny. Finally. And, uh, and anyways, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that with him. So this is Jaren Alive. Thanks for joining us. We'll be right back. Solidarity HealthShare is rebuilding Catholic healthcare in America. We conform to the moral guidelines of the Catholic Church so that you never have to worry about your healthcare dollars paying for anything that violates your conscience. From conception to natural death, we strive to serve all healthcare needs, protect human life, celebrate families, and promote the dignity of all people. Join Solidarity HealthShare in restoring and rebuilding authentic Catholic healthcare by signing up at SolidarityHealthShare.org, a sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Is the Lord calling you to be a missionary? Hi, Joe McLean here, and the Guadalupe Radio Network is calling for Rosary Missionaries to join with the GRN in praying for very special intentions. Would you be one of them? Log on to grnonline.com forward slash missionaries. Together, we can bring the power of prayer to bear on a dark world in need of the light of Christ. Log on to grnonline.com forward slash missionaries. With the catechism in one hand and the New York Times in the other, Al Cresta from Cresta in the Afternoon brings a balanced Catholic perspective to the biggest issues of our day. Hi, I'm Len Oswald, president of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Cresta in the Afternoon airs across the GRN from 3.15 to 5 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday. Having a balanced perspective seems to be in short supply these days. Many listeners have written to let us know how much they appreciate the work Al and the Ave Maria radio team have done to provide it on this show. From the insightful and diverse guests he interviews, to the range of topics he covers, and his own wealth of life experience being a former Protestant minister who came into the Catholic Church, Cresta in the Afternoon is a staple of the GRN lineup. The GRN has the incredible task of informing, educating, and inspiring you through the lens of the Catholic faith. We are radio for your soul. 
And we are back. This is GRN Alive. Thanks for joining us. Friday edition. Dave Palmer, Dr. Chris Malloy, and Diane Xavier. Sis, I don't know what happened. Sissel just ran out of the building. I don't, no, I'm kidding. She's Very off, fast. She's, she's off on vacation. Wasn't anything you said, Dr. Malloy. Uh, 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. If you want to join us, our guest for the remainder of the hour, I'm so delighted uh, to have him join us, uh, Raymond Arroyo, award-winning journalist, producer, New York Times bestselling author, co-host of Fox Nation's Laura and Raymond, editorial advisor for Fox's top-rated The Ingram Angle, also founding news director, managing editor, lead anchor for EWTN News, seen in more than 350 million homes on six continents each week, and of course on radio, uh, just kind of Mr. Media. Raymond Arroyo joins us. Uh, Good morning, Raymond. Thanks for being with us. How are you doing? Good morning. Thank you for having me. And uh, I'm glad I, you allowed me to take my mask off for a minute. That's so I After that, I'll put it right back on. Fauci will call my house, so I'll make sure I have that all ready. I, 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 now that you brought up Fauci, did you see his first pitch at the Washington Nationals game? Sure. Yeah, well, that you, you call that a socially distant pitch. It's socially distant from home plate. That was wonderful what he did. I, you know what it is? Somebody, a friend of mine who's an epidemiologist, called and said, uh, once again, Fauci doesn't want anyone to catch anything, so he makes sure to avoid that He's continuing his practice. Yeah, it's you, you got to be careful. Maybe care- the mask. Yeah, be careful if you're in that for that. If you be careful if you're in that for you know dugout by first base when he's pitching, you know you got to be very careful, right? Yeah, exactly. You know you got to you got to look out for the bleachers, <laughs> way you know in another park <laughs> in Chicago because he's, he's in Washington. Boy. All right. Yeah, well, hey, we we already mentioned uh, Raymond is not afraid to yeah, go we, go there. Uh, we get to the bit. I'm glad we're hitting the the weighty and important <laughs> subject right off the top. It reflects the nature of the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Let, let me ask you, Raymond. I just as a kind of a a launching point of this, uh, yeah. you know, the first six months, well, let's just say the last six months uh, of this year, going from March until now, we're towards the end of July, in all your years of reporting and doing news, have you have you experienced anything like this in a six-month period, or is no. this just the, uh, that puts the sea in crazy? No, this is the, this is the most bizarre period, I think, I, I've ever, and frightening, frightening in, in, in a huge respect, which I'll get to in a second. But I mean, just on the surface, you've had, you've had this pandemic, you're in the middle of a, the most absurd and bizarre presidential election since McKinley won sitting on his front porch. Um, this is a really weird year. Mm-hmm. And I think people are frightened. Um, you know, obviously, everybody, many people are still holed up in their house. I'm probably the outlier who thank God. And I thank the Lord every day. I was able to continue doing my work. I, I, you know, I never stopped and there's a little studio near my house. So I, I, I actually get fully dressed. unlike many of my broadcast peers and, you know, go to the, so many of them were caught wearing shorts or, you know, uh, or less than <laughs> shorts on air. You know, they have the jacket and the tie up top and, you know, shorts, but beneath, but I, I had a studio to go to, uh, every, you know, every day, every other day. So it's been, my pattern wasn't disrupted the way everybody else's was. And it it was a blessing having the family home and and they still are home. I'm not sure if it's a blessing anymore. No, it still is. But uh, (laughs) come September, it it does wear right. Well, uh, come Wednesday, but it, it, the, the pressure I think of having everybody on top of each other in this very odd period, 
um, with the fear of this pandemic still, you know, roaming the countryside. Uh, and that's that's what makes it most bizarre, the behavior of Americans. Um, we have watched as Catholic people have willingly, and I know they say, well, I have the dispensation, so I don't have to go to Mass, and I don't have this, and I don't have that, and I'll just watch at home. Uh, there's a slippage here that I see, and I know people don't like to talk about it, but I will. Um, there's a slippage in the leadership, and frankly, I've been astounded at the lack of fight, the lack of, of resistance or even contradiction to the idea that you just shutter churches for months and months and months, and you deny people sacraments, even during wars and epidemics. Uh, at the at the height of of, of uh, when England when Elizabethan England had kicked in and priests were being rounded up, masses were ongoing. People knew where to go. There were hidden ceremonies. There were sacraments on the sly. We're not even trying now. No, mm-hmm. and that I find, uh, frankly, that to me is the most shocking and um, tragic outcome of this whole thing. Um, you know, and, uh, apart from the social distance, which is meant, you know, uh, I, I think it's really separated people in a horrible way. Raymond, can I ask? People. Can I yeah. ask you about the connection? Because I, I completely I concur with you. This is the this the strangest that what a world we live in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we as Catholics have had such a world, I think, for the past seven years. Um, we theologically, uh, you know, just saying things, I'm saying, comment to my wife, you know, this is a very odd thing, very odd. Like, so just go back to October and you've got the, the mm-hmm. worship of these idols right there in, in churches. Um, do you, mm-hmm. do you make a connection? I mean, sort of, is the world now experiencing that oddity that Catholics ought- It's not oddity. It's not, I would argue it's not a theological oddity. Theology hasn't changed. We've changed. We've changed. We, we have decided to chase after the idol of the moment, whatever that is. And the reason you're seeing an uptick in church arsons, uh, the statues of Our Lady beheaded, uh, you know, statues being yanked down of saints, uh, the, the, uh, the graffiti on the front of St. Patrick's Cathedral and churches, that is a, that's, uh, I would argue, a railing of the demonic. It's a... It's the, it's the counterforce that wants to replace the order that is. And the order of the world, the organization, the natural order of the world comes from God. Mm-hmm. So if you want to displace the system, the political system, you have to also, and more importantly, displace that old order. And that's what you're seeing in the streets of cities and towns and all over the world. Um, it is this... I would argue it is a ravenous, divisive, angry, hateful, satanic uh, force loosened in the world. And it is manifesting itself in all kinds of bizarre ways. But that, it seems to me, is where where it's located. And and it's going to get worse. I mean, the connection... I think, I think it's going, yeah, no, I, I, I think it is. Uh, the, the connection that I'm trying to see is our own infidelity. I, I mean, I've kept, I kept telling my wife mm-hmm. for years, we are being unfaithful, we're going to be chastised. If the church is not mm-hmm. leading, if we're not talking about the truth of Jesus Christ, if we're allowing idols into the church and celebrating them, mm-hmm. if we're being ambiguous with our language, we are going to get a comeuppance. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I mean, you know, you get you don't see a causal link as in like quid pro quo, etc. But there's a connection. It seems to me. Uh, uh, um, no, there's a, cultural ripples for this. For yeah. the for the lack of faith. Yeah. There are there are, there are cultural consequences and real world consequences for it, whether you know, and and it it it's not always locusts and a you know and a flood. Um, yeah. Th- th- this is your locust. This is your flood. Um, and it's a wake-up call. All of those are wake-up calls. They're wake-up calls. And I think they're calls to, to faith, to fidelity, to fight for what is right and correct and good. And today it requires a bit of a fight. And it is risky. I understand. I know. You know, I, I, I get the hate mails and the death threats. and I mean, I get this stuff. I get it. Um, but you have to kind of see past that and realize that, as John Paul and Pope after Pope have said, the family is the primary unit of society, and we worry about all these big things we can't control. Um, I have to worry about those things because I have to cover them. But by and large, you don't. And I mean you, the listener, you, the, the, the mom and dad, you, the, the man going to work, or the woman you know, trying to keep the family together. You have to worry about that family principally. That's where you have to focus yourself. And this larger chaos is a distraction. Yeah, many yeah. many days. And uh, and uh, uh, you know, if if you're not going to, man, I would. I mean, we've been blessed that throughout this whole pandemic, I, I had the mass every week. We, you know, did we go clandestinely? Yes, we did. I'll be honest. We went clandestinely early on, but we opened up pretty fast, and I never missed, you know, in person mass. Uh, you need that. You need the sacraments. I need it. Uh, it. It's like medicine. It's like food or water. Yeah. And the very idea that we are telling Catholics and leadership is telling Catholics that you don't need the mass or you need it, but you can watch it on TV and that's just as good. Anytime you tell people things don't matter, they start to believe you in time. Yeah. And we are perilously close to a place where I know now what you're seeing, and we talked about this a second ago, the real-world consequences of bad actions, bad theology, bad beliefs. Yeah. Let we me now have churches, parishes, and dioceses that are going broke. They won't be able to stay in business if they keep this routine up. Yeah. There's the reality. 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. That's what I love about Raymond Arroyo. He tells you exactly what he believes uh, in, in, se- in season and out of season. Really appreciate you being on with us. And uh, anybody who wants to join us or have a question or comment for Raymond, uh, I'll, I'll make last one comment about what you're talking about, and then I want to move on to uh, 2020 and the election and everything that's going on. Uh, my wife is Irish, Raymond. We have a, a, a painting in our house of a, the Mass Rock. You're probably familiar with this back in the, sure. the days yeah. when it was illegal in Ireland to say the Mass because right. the British would come in and, and kill you and kill the priests. Uh, they'd go up to a place and they'd all meet clandestinely and they'd, they'd have a rock right. where they'd all meet and they'd say Mass and they'd have a lookout guy looking for the British coming because if they're caught, they're killed. And uh, But they still would do it. you know. And a lot of people could say, well, I'm not going to Mass. I'm not going to get killed. But they, it was that important to them. So let me move on, it though. Mattered. And uh, Raymond... Yeah, how much of all this, and I mean all this, is either caused by or at least exacerbated by the fact that we have an election coming up in, in, a, in a few months? Mm-hmm. A, a big part of it. A big part of what you're seeing. 
I had a Dr. Stephen Smith on the show last night on the world over. Um, I would encourage everybody go, go on YouTube and watch that interview. Not because it's my show, but because of Smith. Um, Stephen Smith is one of the most renowned uh, epidemiologists and viral experts in the world. Okay, Yale School of Health. Um, uh, the, he, he's an infectious disease expert, and he, in a very no-nonsense way, went right through the facts as we know them and the studies as we have them, without drama, without politics. He's not a politician. He's a clinician, and that's all he does. He's, he, in fact, he did the interview in between seeing patients, uh, and he's in New Jersey, so he's, he's dealt with this whole COVID thing. And his contention and mine is that everything from masks to vaccines, to lockdowns, to a virus has become political. So, of course, the, the, the BLM movement we're seeing on the street, that's all political, too. Yeah. That's not, people say, well, where did this come from? Where have you been for the last decade, I tell these people? Because this, all this is is the same people you saw, in many, many ways, this is the progressive left at play, okay, in the streets. That's all this is. We saw it with the pink hat movement. It was a women's march. Then it became a climate change march, and everybody wore slightly different costumes. And now we're wearing black masks and skinny jeans and breaking windows. But it's the same people, the same movement, the same animating force. The only difference this time is this is, and I, I think I'm right in this. Maybe one of your callers can correct me if I'm not. I believe this is the first taxpayer-funded protest in the history of the United States, mm. where people got checks in the mail to stay home, and the only way you could come out is if you protested. So everybody came out, all the young people out on the streets breaking things. Mm. Well, I would too if that was my only outlet and I didn't have work, um, or school, or, or basketball. Here in New Orleans, they took down the basketball nets yesterday. The mm. mayor doesn't want boys playing basketball outside. This is madness. Yeah. And the science and the data does not back any of this up. So is this political? You bet. Is this an intentional drive to create pain and misery so that you will go to the ballot box and change the power in the country and shift it to another po uh, political base? Absolutely. That's mm -hmm. a big part of the animating force here. Um, and, and I dare say, if you poll 90% of the people in the street, and I've talked to a lot of them out in Santa Monica, in, uh, in New Orleans, in Washington, they're, they're, they're largely people from the left. They're political progressives. This is how they want their statement to be made. We'll see what happens in November and if, you know, the other political party responds as they often do at the ballot box rather than yeah. protesting on the streets. Uh, Raymond, I want you to comment on the election itself. You've had an opportunity three times to interview President Trump, uh, twice with EWTN, once with Fox News. And I'm sure you would relish the idea of sitting down with um, uh, Vice President Biden and interviewing him. I don't think that's going to happen, but I'm just curious well, about your thoughts. I, I mean, uh, and what would you say if you interviewed Biden? Hope springs eternal. What would you ask him? And, uh, and I I'll just kind of your general thoughts in the election. Are there really going to be debates? Uh, your thoughts? Is there such a thing as a Catholic vote? How do you think Catholics are going to swing this time? Just you know, what, what well, would you like to say about the election? Catholic votes move. Catholics move with the population. And though Catholics are the Catholic vote is an important bellwether because it runs through the Rust Belt and parts of big cities. Um, it, it is. I do believe there is a Catholic vote. 
I don't think it's as determinative as it might have been in days gone by, but yes, it's there. And Donald Trump got a slim majority of the Catholic vote last time and won the election. Um, and again, as I said a moment ago, the reason the Catholic vote is important to, to the political classes uh, in places like um, Pennsylvania, um, all through the Rust Belt, those swing states, Michigan, you have pockets of Catholicism there that do move. And if you can move those voters, you can swing some of the suburbs and at times the cities and win, a, win those swing states. That's why they're so important. Catholic voters are. Um, Joe Biden, I know Joe Biden. I knew Joe Biden when he was vice president. I knew him when he was in the Senate. Um, I like Joe Biden. He's a very nice man. Um, and, a, and a kind of old school, old retail politics type of guy who likes to clap people on the back and hug you and tell you how much he loves you. That's kind of Joe Biden. Um, at the same time, we've seen a major shift, and I, I make it a policy. I never, ever broadcast the questions I would ask anybody, particularly a politician. Mm -hmm. But generally, we have seen a major shift in Joe Biden, who was once a pro-life, um, pro-school choice uh, Democrat, who's now moved into something politically and policy-wise that is unrecognizable. And the, the, the party is banking on the remembrance of Joe Biden, and being in the basement for, for six months may help him, actually. Because, you know, let me put it this way. The first ladies of the United States always poll higher than the president. Okay, mm -hmm. always. Their favorability is always up in the 80s and the president's down at 50 or 40. Okay. Joe Biden's polling higher, only slightly now. His big lead has, has begun to erode, as I thought it would as we got closer to election day. But... He, he has been polling higher than Donald Trump all along. The reason for that is he is making, he's profiting from the first lady effect, which is when you, when they ask you, what do you think of the first lady? Well, I think she's great. Why? You haven't heard from her. You're, <laughs> you're, you're playing on your remembrances and images of her. And Joe Biden in our, in the popular mind is Barack Obama's happy old man sidekick. That's who he is. You don't think of him as, as getting involved in fights or wars or, or, or saying outrageous things or plagiarizing or doing any of the things that those of us who watch him closely have seen up close, okay? So the public has, a, I think, soft, gauzy visage of Joe Biden in their mind today. The more you see him and the more you hear him, as we did with that conversation with President Obama the other day, the more... I think voters are taking a hard look and they're, they're asking themselves questions about cognitive decline and what is he really representing as a politician rather than what do I think of him and remember him as. Yeah. That will shift this. Whether there'll be debates, Ms. Ingram says absolutely not. She's been saying that for months. I don't know how he gets out of having at least one debate, but I promise you it won't be pretty. Yeah. This is going to be a heavyweight <laughs> bout and it's going to be I think a bloodbath. Yeah, um, probably so. Raymond, let me, let me, uh, let me, if I may, because um, I'm just looking at the clock, yeah, and uh, you know how ahead. the the clock yeah, yeah. is unforgiving. And mm -hmm. I, I want to get to this other issue and something that came up this week, which I, I think uh, who knows where this is going to go. It has to do with Planned Parenthood of Greater New York announcing this week that it's going to remove yep. the name of Margaret Sanger, founder of the organization, from its Manhattan Health Clinic because of her quote harmful connections to the eugenics movement. 
All right. Uh, I think people have been waiting for this for a long time. Why now? And your thoughts on this? And does this change the outlook on (laughs) Planned Parenthood? Well, my question to them would be, where you been? You know, (laughs) I mean, the people have only known about this, the racial roots of Margaret Sanger's vision and the racist uh, mindset of Planned Parenthood ever since. I mean, look, we have to be honest and say, I, I know where these clinics are. They're in downtown New Orleans. They're in downtown Houston. They're in black, brown, and poor neighborhoods because they mean to target, and Margaret Sanger's vision was to target black, brown, and poor people. Uh, and as a as a Latino, I'm, uh, you know, I, I, I'm deeply offended. Uh, everyone should be outraged by this. The fact that they're admitting it, here's the, here's the problem. The progressive left, they... They get a pass, okay? So, like Robert Byrd, who was, you know, the grand cyclops of the Ku Klux Klan and a leader in the Democratic Party. Nobody talks about Robert Byrd. Nobody's talking about taking Robert Byrd's picture down out of the Capitol. Now, Pelosi and the Democrats yesterday voted to remove all these Confederate statues because we've got to get the racists and the images of racists out of the Capitol. Well, take them all out, please. If we're going to take them out, take them all out. And... Robert Byrd is somehow immune to that. There is also a Democratic woman who was a, a suffragette. She was a militant racist. Read her writings. But a, there are two things here. People are a historical. They don't read. They don't really know history. So this is a knee-jerk political movement. And I think what you're seeing is people trying to make themselves appear understanding and uh, uh, look to be magnanimous and non-racial. That's what they're trying to do, purge themselves and protect themselves. But the fact is, the animating vision of Planned Parenthood and its foundress is clearly racist in its intent. And they admitted it now because they're taking her name away. But here's the big question. Will they stop what they're doing to fulfill that racist vision? It would be as if Mother Angelica founded casinos behind her monastery. And, you know, we all we had Mother Angelica casinos all over the country. And we might wake up one day and say, you know, she really shouldn't have started those casinos. But then we keep running them in her name. I mean, this is crazy talk. You don't do this. Let's talk about the rates. true to your animating spirit or not. Let's talk about the rates of of abortion per race, per capita. Right. You know, Guttmacher says um, their study, if you Google it, it'll be the first thing that pops up. Um, black, non-Hispanic, 27.1 per thousand. Mm. And whites, 10. Yeah. Latinos, 18.1. Other non-Hispanic, right. 16.3. Yeah, yeah. No, being... they're targeting our people. They're targeting our people for extermination. That's what this is about. And um, and it was the idea that if you got rid of poor people and black people and brown people, the world would be a better place. That was her mindset, Margaret Sanger's mindset. So if we condemn the mindset, why aren't we condemning the action that followed from it, which was putting these clinics in communities to target those populations that were poor, black, brown, and suffering? Why Ray- did you do that? Raymond, I got a question. How can we, as, as Catholics, uh, bring this forward to those populations so we say, look at what you're voting for? If you're voting for a party that supports Planned Parenthood, this is what you're voting for. How can we no. get that word out more? No, you're, yeah, you're doing it now. I mean, you, you have to raise your voice. Um, you have to go out and educate people, um, organize, which we don't do at all. No. The, the Catholic Church is horrible. The Catholic Church can't organize, you know, uh, literally a one-car funeral. They can't. We've barred them. You've got to go bury your own dead, I guess. I, I mean, I have friends who 
I have friends who lost family during this period, and this is no joking matter. I mean, I, I, I don't, you know, I, I brought it up lightly, but I don't end it lightly. Um, they couldn't bury their their father who died yeah. during this yeah. period because the, the the priest was afraid. With all due respect, you got one job. Okay, yeah. I'm the father of a household. My job is to feed these kids, make sure there's roof over their heads, and give them some spiritual formation. That's my job. Your job is to give us the sacraments yeah. all day long when we need it, because if not, we're withering here. We're dying. And I think everybody's got to be, the church has to be more creative, more innovative. Okay, you don't want to meet in the church? Fine. We're going to have Mass in the parking lot. Yeah. We're going to do it every day. And we're going to have confessions every day. You can do this. I've seen it done. But there's an inertia and it's coming from, from the middle, and it's coming from the top, and I don't understand it. And, uh, and people are frustrated, and I, I, I tell you, I get the emails and the calls and the stops at the coffee shop of the people telling me, I'm not going back yeah. to the Catholic Church. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going back. To the, to, I'm not taking my kids back. Hey, life is the highest good. Life yeah. on earth, the highest good. Yeah, that's uh, Raymond. Uh, scandal. Great, great conversation. Uh, love talking with you. We, we got to do it again sometime. Uh, we're up on the top of the hour, so we got to go. We will. We will. And uh, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, congratulations on all your success. Me. And yeah, thank you for all your work. Appreciate it very fantastic. much. We didn't even get to the Washington Redskins now being called the Washington Football Team. <laughs> oh man, that, that's 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 something scores, to cheer for. That's a blessing. That's okay. Don't worry about it. Nobody knows who they are anyway. <laughs> okay. We want to know what you really All think, right, Raymond. All right. That's well, good. I'm, I'm being honest. You know, lifelong saint. Bye, guys. God bless. Well. All God right. Bless Thanks all. so much. Uh, the one and only Raymond Arroyo. He'd, uh, gosh, if you'd only tell us what he really thought about things, you know, he's, you just never so feel like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I enjoyed that conversation. All right, that's Raymond, and uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Diane Xavier, for doing a great job behind the glass. And uh, Dr. Malloy, we'll see you next week. We're see you next talking week. about Fatima and Russia. So we got a good show planned. Don't forget uh, the rebroadcast tomorrow morning, 9 o'clock Central, and also Joe and the team in Houston, GRN Live Monday, coming up in just uh, three days. All right? God bless you. Have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to GRN Alive from the studios of the Guadalupe Radio Network. For more faith, fun, and facts, join our email list. Just text the letters GRN to the number 42828. That's GRN to the number 42828. And may your Friday be filled with the joy of the Lord. Blessed be God, blessed be His holy name, blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man, blessed be the name of Jesus, blessed be His most sacred heart, blessed be His most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. 
Blessed be the Holy Spirit of Paraclete. Blessed be the Great Mother of God, Mary Most Holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin and Mother. Blessed be Saint Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints. KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth.